Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Happy Wednesday, September the 6th. All righty, I'm looking at the clock because you're seeing this. We're doing this. We're taping this. Uh, taping, you don't tape things anymore. We're recording this on Tuesday the uh, 5th. So uh, that's like you confused. Almost all my afternoon shows where we where we record i get sort of messed up you'll see me kind of fumble trying to figure out who's on first so anyway we're gonna bring roger stone on in just a few minutes we just were at the same reawaken event and we're gonna talk about that a little bit today some really good stuff uh we'll bring roger on um so having said that let's go ahead and give you a quick reminder of how you're investing uh, into what the africa calls boreholes we call we call them water wells they just mean the same thing and they're bringing fresh water you're bringing fresh water to these wonderful beautiful people so let's go ahead and run that jaja zaina and her great grandchildren have gone their entire lives without clean water they spend their days collecting dirty unsafe water They have been praying for a miracle, and that prayer has been answered. Because of your generosity, a water well has been drilled near Jajazana's home. Would you join us in providing clean water to the people of Uganda? Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate, or mail a check today to Elijah Streams. 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. And if you look, happen to be looking closely, you'll see that all these boreholes, these wells that we dig, uh, we build a cement, uh, sort of a little pool, pooling area there so water doesn't just hit the mud and make it mud and mucky. But then it, it runs off on cement, and there was a, that particular one I just noticed for the first time has a channel where it takes it down further and drains it, the, the leftover water that kind of runs off, it looks like they still capture that so they don't lose any water, and they can pump and pump those things forever because uh, there's lots and lots of water down there. Uh, it's not a strong stream, but it's plenty strong enough if, if it's used all the time, every day. Everyone gets they're so far ahead of what it would be like for them to walk a few miles in each direction and carry it back. So thank you again, again and again and again for all your uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, donations to this ministry. You're supporting the prophets and you're supporting, you're giving a cup of cold water. That's all. Both of those things are in Matthew 10. Uh, that you, you you receive a prophet as a prophet, and even if you give a cup of cold water, you won't re- receive your word for that. You, you won't re- you won't lose your reward for that too. So, God is so faithful to that. So, all right, it's time to bring in Roger Stone. So here we go with an episode of Prophets and Patriots. My friend Roger Stone, we were just in the same tent in the same. Uh, sort of a green room off the side of the stage, and we missed each other last week. How'd that happen? It was an extraordinarily hectic time. It was an amazing, amazing, historic 
gathering of patriots and Christians and free thinkers. Uh, if, if anybody has an opportunity to go to any of the Reawaken America tour events yeah. and you want to be a part of the revival of this country and the Reawaken America uh, and the uh, and the repurposing of our constitutional values that are based on Christian values, then you should definitely go to a reawaken America tour. Yeah, so good. If you and if you wanted to miss the the one that was so hot, you missed the right one only for that reason. It was 104, and we had, I had to walk way out to our car both ways. We just couldn't figure out a way to get in closer. We kept trying, but anyway, Roger, you I so you were there, and I just rewatched the video of you speaking, even though we were in the same room. Uh, before that, and I'm, before you even begin your story and testimony, I just want to tell you this. I'm so amazed at how you give the Lord openly, blatantly, unashamedly credit in your life. I mean, you were a pretty hardcore businessman, uh, you know, before your conversion, right? Steve, I was, look, I was a libertine. I had wandered far from the Lord. Um, I had been... Uh, baptized as a Catholic, although today I'm happy to say that I go to Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, nice. founded by Dr. James Kennedy, dedicated by the great Billy Graham, uh, one of the greatest men of the 20th century. And we have uh, a very, very dynamic pastor, Pastor Rob Pacencia, uh, who is originally from Philadelphia, oratorically one of the strongest apostles for Christ I have ever heard. Wow. I'm a public speaker, but I'm in awe uh, of this man's ability to proselytize for the Lord. And uh, I must tell you, Steve, I, my wife and I have been through some difficult times recently, uh, continuing public attacks on us. I was in a sour mood Sunday morning, uh, but the sermon really, really rallied me for the day, uplifted me. So good. So good. Yeah, there's no, it's for good reason that we're instructed, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And that there are many different kinds of assemblies. But yeah, sometimes some people say, well, that's we'll say, well, that's passe that we all go to a church and one person delivers a message. But that's what we need sometimes. We need that one person delivering the same message to the whole crowd. Yeah, especially if they're good, like the one. And I'm not familiar with that uh, pastor's name, but I, I'll have to look him up. What's his name again, Roger? Uh, Asenzia. Okay, wow. Asenza. I always mispronounce this, but uh, he's a he's a he's a young pastor, but he's extraordinarily uh, dynamic. Extraordinary. Very good. Very very good. Well, you've got some things to share, and uh, I'm just going to turn it over to you because I know you you share from the heart as much as from the head. You're kind of a both end kind of a guy. You especially these days with the Lord, you're sharing that at the same time. He's kind of like the Apostle Paul. He talked about his encounters with the Lord and Christ and him crucified. And then he would argue his case very strongly for the things he believed and against even leaders. Uh, so it's, you're kind of like that to me. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and Thank see you. where you want to go. So uh, roughly three weeks ago, um, I traveled for four days with President Trump. Uh, we did a trip uh, to uh, Iowa then from Iowa to Nevada, from Nevada to California, and then back to New Jersey. Uh, and this was picked up by NBC News, and a number of reporters noted that I was back in my old role of offering political advice to President Donald Trump, because I believe his uh, return to the White House is absolutely crucial to preserving this nation. 
And like most decent Americans, I am offended by this lawfare that they have uh, 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 that they have released against him. Every American has an absolute constitutional right to question the anomalies and irregularities in a in a federal, state, or local election. That is not a crime. Uh, every American has an absolute right uh, to try to gather ad- advice and documentation, pardon me, evidence and documentation of voter fraud. That's a perfectly legal, constitutionally protected activity. But this is an effort to cheat. This is an effort to interfere with the election with three purposes. One, to drain the president's financial resources for his campaign. So he's spending money on lawyers that he should be spending on campaign expenses. Two, to disrupt his schedule so he's forced to sit in a courtroom when he should be out campaigning for himself. And thirdly, to further uh, attempt to blacken his name with the American people. Now, uh, none of those things seem to be working, to be honest with you, particularly the last one. Uh, But in the last 10 days, MSNBC has unleashed this extraordinary personal attack on me. Uh, And one of the talking heads there, Ari Melber, seems to have a very unhealthy obsession with me. Uh, And they have argued baselessly, uh, why hasn't Roger Stone been charged with President Trump in D.C. by Jack Smith? Why hasn't Roger Stone been charged uh, in Georgia? This is, uh, why hasn't he been charged with something uh, in regard to January 6th. And Steve, this is unfortunately, having been through this once before, this is how it works. They take a lie uh, and they and they recycle it endlessly and endlessly until it reaches critical mass on social media uh, in the hopes that some prosecutor somewhere will then go invent some charge against you. Uh, and uh, it is, uh, it's an absurdity. First of all, uh, I was not at the Capitol on January 6th. I know nothing about any illegal activity there. I was cleared by the FBI in August of 2021. Uh, Joshua James, a member of the Oath Keepers, uh, who was in my security detail, uh, who did later plead guilty to seditious conspiracy, testified under oath in the administrative trial of New York police officer Sal Greco that I knew nothing about their plans and was uninvolved in their activities at the Capitol on the 6th. The Washington Post uh, has determined uh, through at least three sources that if there was a uh, a war room at the Willard Hotel, I was unaware of it. I was not involved in the activities to delay the certification of the Electoral College in the U.S. Senate. Uh, And even to this day, as a non-lawyer, I continue to believe that those activities, although unsuccessful, uh, were perfectly legal. What seems to have set these people off is twofold. One a video interview in which I absolutely did say that Article 2 of the Constitution uh, grants to the state legislatures uh, the authority uh, to award the Electoral College votes to a presidential candidate in the Electoral College based on the popular vote within the state. I said nothing about fake electors. That word never came out of my mouth, nor did I discuss the specific situation in Georgia in which I was also not involved. A number of these people have been charged, like Professor John Eastman. I don't know him. Kenneth Chesborough. I don't know him. But there's one particular uh, witness before the January 6th committee uh, who perjured herself in regard to me. And MSNBC wraps their entire demand that I be charged again 
with some crime around that testimony. I'd like to show that. So, okay, well, let's go ahead and run that, Emily. Thanks. The night before January 6th, President Trump instructed his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to contact both Roger Stone and Michael Flynn regarding what would play out the next day. Ms. Hutchinson, is it your understanding that President Trump asked Mark Meadows to speak with Roger Stone and General Flynn on January 5th? That's correct. That is my understanding. And Ms. Hutchinson, is it your understanding that Mr. Meadows called Mr. Stone on the 5th? I'm under the impression that Mr. Meadows did complete both a call to Mr. Stone and General Flynn the evening of the 5th. And do you know what they talked about that evening, Ms. Hutchinson? I'm not sure. Is it your understanding that Mr. Giuliani, Mr. Eastman, and others had set up what has been called, quote, a war room at the Willard Hotel on the night of the 5th? I was aware of that the night of the 5th. And do you know if Mr. Meadows ever intended to go to the Willard Hotel on the night of the 5th? Mr. Meadows had a conversation with me where he wanted me to work with Secret Service on a movement from the White House to the Bullard Hotel so he could attend the meeting or meetings with Mr. Giuliani and his associates in the war room. And what was your view as to whether or not Mr. Meadows should go to the Willard that night? I had made it clear to Mr. Meadows that I didn't believe it was a smart idea for him to go to the Willard Hotel that night. I wasn't sure everything that was going on at the Willard Hotel, although I knew enough about what Mr. Giuliani and his associates were pushing during this period. I didn't think that it was something appropriate for the White House Chief of Staff to attend or to consider involvement in. I made that clear to Mr. Meadows. Throughout the afternoon, he mentioned a few more times going up to the Willard Hotel that evening and then eventually dropped the subject the night of the 5th and said that he would dial in instead. Yeah, that is all uh, an egregious lie. There, I've never spoken to Mark Meadows in my entire life, never communicated with him in any medium. I checked with my good friend, General Flynn. She goes on to say that Meadows called us for a download about a meeting that neither one of us attended. But it is based on that egregious lie, which, by the way, I addressed during the January 6th committees, uh, that MSNBC begins this drumbeat that is going to require me once again to go out and hire lawyers uh, and go to a defensive position. Uh, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I spent most of the weekend in prayer because on top of this, Steve, wow. not only do I have these, these false baseless attacks on me from the left, but floating all over the internet is a, is a manipulated video uh, in which uh, my mouth is absolutely obscured. You can never actually see it, but an AI-generated voice track appears to make it appear that I was calling for the impeachment of President Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, someone sent me that, and I, you know what? And I saw your your mouth was behind, and you couldn't even see your mouth moving. I just deleted it. I didn't even listen to see what they came up with. I probably should have, out of my own curiosity. But the I, most they amazing thing about it, Steve, is the same cloud drifts by in the background twice. Oh, did it really? Yeah, this is this is a fraud. This is yeah. a complete uh, con job. It is unfortunately ubiquitous over the all over the internet. Now, if I were going to turn on President Donald Trump, would would I not have done so when I was pressured relentlessly by Mueller 
and his thugs staring down the face of a seven to nine year jail sentence to bear false witness against him. And I refused. Why would why would I do so post pardon? This is this is an egregious smear. Well, you know what? Also, I mean, this is like uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. But if you were going to do something that was against Trump, would you do it on camera with a camera focusing on you in the first place? Everyone knows that if you had something that you didn't want to be told, you certainly wouldn't do it on camera. I mean, it's, it's an absurdity. But yeah. it, it is part. Look, I'm a I'm a hard boiled. A political operative. Uh, I'm very thankful because my prayers were answered. Uh, I, I've had multiple miracles in my life. Uh, first and foremost, obviously, the commutation uh, of my sentence when Amazing. I was lynched, uh, gagged, and then lynched in a federal trial when I'd done nothing wrong. Then, of course, the full and unconditional presidential pardon uh, yeah. the Christmas of 2012. That's miracle number two. Yeah, it is. Uh, then uh, my wife, diagnosed with uh, with aggressive stage four cancer uh, immediately after my pardon, but through the healing power of Jesus Christ, now over two years cancer-free. Uh, thank you, Lord. Yeah. On this very day, Steve, my wife has flown to Cleveland, to the Cleveland Clinic, to meet with a specialist doctor to see whether she's a candidate for surgery to address a condition known as lymphedema, uh, which is caused by the removal of certain uh, lymph nodes uh, yeah. under the arm. It's a swelling of the arm. It's extraordinarily painful. We're mm. hoping she is a candidate for that surgery. But I, I'm just thankful that she is alive. On the morning of January 6th, I was in the shower. The Lord came to me in the shower. Over at the New York Times, you want to make fun of me? Go ahead. A voice clearly told me, do not go to the Capitol. Wow. And I did not go to the Capitol. Yes, the, the Lord does send you messages. Yeah, he does. He does speak to you, uh, and you need to speak to him. Uh, it is, uh, And then, of course, the day after the election, I was in Memphis. Uh, I was headed to Mike Lindell's studio. The car that I was riding in with two security guards uh, was, was broadsided. The car was demolished, was totaled. They were both injured. I walked away without a scratch. Praise God. Praise God. So now I'm I'm praying for one more miracle, not for myself, but for the nation. Uh, yes, I'll gear up and fight to clear my name yet again. Uh, and if folks want to help me, then go to stonefamilyfund.com. Because yeah, we got it there on the screen. We do. This is uh, this this strategy of lawfare. This is how they cheat. So Mrs. Stone and I are still facing eleven harassment lawsuits, baseless, meritless, pointless lawsuits that are meant to grind you down, that are meant to generate tens of thousands of dollars worth of legal fees, uh, just to, 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 uh, to, to dampen your spirit, uh, to make you give up on the fight. We won't do that. There were once 17 of these harassment civil suits. I've prevailed. We have prevailed in six of them. We will ultimately prevail in all of them. Now, I suspect we'll have yet another examination of my actions on January 6th, and I will be found once again to have done nothing whatsoever wrong. But you have to gird yourself. Uh, and, and here's the great thing I have learned. Faith replaces fear. You can have no fear in your life if you put your full faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. And, and in the darkest times are, are the times that faith is most important. 
So I spent a lot of the time over the holiday weekend in prayer. I admit it. I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, the, you know, the, the we have siloed our media. So while MSNBC is attacking you, the average patriot who watches Elijah Streams, they're completely unaware of it. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Because they don't watch the garbage yeah. uh, that is that is doled out. But I'll be honest with you, Steve, I don't get my news from MSNBC for the same reason I don't drink out of the toilet. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true, Roger. I mean, I, 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 starting about two and a half years ago, that set went off. It's not only MSNBC, but I don't even watch Fox very much at all. I'll, 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 I'll watch a story or something, but even they are not as conservative as they would want people to believe they are. I don't know. I guess they've given some good interviews, but uh, I got some a couple of favorites that are still there, but. Uh, well, what so the 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 whole lawfare thing? And I wanted to comment on that lawfare for anyone that's the, you know there's warfare. There's that's the one use. If the enemy comes at you, he comes at you with warfare. If a person comes against you, they're using lawfare. They're trying to wear you out and drain your bank account and give you no rest day or night. They're trying to torture you. They don't think you're guilty of these things. They're just trying to torture you in whatever way they possibly can. And if they can possibly do it, keep President Trump from, from coming back. And he will come back. He's, he's going to come back. But, uh, man, what a fight. My good friend Robin Bullock assures me that it is written uh, and, that, and that he will be successful. I believe it. Uh, I believe it is the manifestation of his destiny. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I have here the Bible that belonged to Kim Clement. That is so cool. Given to me by his daughter, Donna, who's become a very, very good friend and spiritual advisor to me. And when I'm depressed or when I'm despondent, those times come, um, she bucks me up. She mm. points out various Psalms and Proverbs that she thinks I should study. Uh, and I do. Uh, I am supremely confident, as is he. This is actually one of the most amazing things, Steve. Having spent four days... Uh, with Donald Trump, a man who has the weight of the world on his shoulders, a man they're trying to lock up for a hundred years, a man whose whose career and whose life and whose family they seek to destroy. He is buoyant. He is optimistic. He is energetic. He's lost 30 pounds, by the way. He looks great. Wow. Uh, he is resolved. He's determined. Uh, and he, he is not deterred whatsoever from his mission. Amazing. So I agree with Kim, with what Kim Clement said, that a man would come to the White House and he would not be a religious man, but he would be a man who prays. Uh, and that is very definitely our president because I have now prayed with him. Uh, and I know he understands his spiritual mission. Well, you know what? I, and you, the last time you were on here, you had told that little story that you were talking to him on the phone and you had to get onto something and, um, yeah. something, the, the subject came. Do you remember how that went? Yeah, I remember exactly how it went. I was leaving for, for church service uh, at Coral Ridge Presbyterian. It was, uh, it was, I was going to the early service, which is not the one I usually go to. I usually go to the later service, which is the more traditional service. Uh, and as I was walking out the front door, the, the phone rang and it was President Trump. Uh, and I, he said, have you got a minute? And I said, well, I'll be honest with you, Mr. President. I'm I'm trying to go to church and I'm and I'll make it just on time if I leave right now. Could we talk later this afternoon? And I I said uh, 
and he said, sure, but uh, since you're going to church, could we pray together right now? Wow. Uh, and, and I said, of course. And he said, all right, you lead. And I said a brief prayer, after which he said, amen. Now, this is a different Donald Trump than the one I knew 45 years ago. And I've known him 45 years. So I think that he's nurtured by his faith, uh, as I have been. I think he's prepared for this struggle. Uh, it is uh, This is, as he correctly puts it, the final battle. This is the final battle. And I'm, I am resolved uh, to fight alongside him. I see this effort to attack me, uh, both legally and in the media, as an effort to separate me from him, as I was separated from him in 2020. Uh, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I think had I been around, perhaps we would have had uh, a, a different result. I mean, I am a I am a political professional. I do have 13 presidential campaigns under my belt, wow. starting with Richard Nixon, uh, on through Governor Ronald Reagan, uh, on to Senator Bob Dole, one of the greatest men of the 20th century. Uh, and of course, uh, I began urging Donald Trump to run as early as 1988. So Really? You did? Oh, wow. Yeah. In 1988 was the first time I was sitting in Trump's office with him uh, and he was reading the New York Times and he looked at it and he said, uh, George H.W. Bush and Michael Dukakis, is this the best we can do? Is there nobody better? I said, oh, there's definitely somebody better. Well, who is it? He said, we should get behind him. And I said, well, I was thinking of you. And he said, you're out of your mind. (laughs) You have very strong feelings about the country. You have very strong feelings about the way our national defense has been allowed to atrophy. You have very, you have very strong feelings about how we're being taken to the cleaners in these various uh, international trade deals. And this is, you know, this is prior to NAFTA and prior to TPP. He was already talking about this in the late 80s. I subsequently organized a exploratory trip uh, to New Hampshire, uh, which garnered an enormous amount of speculation that Trump uh, might be thinking about running. Uh, he was very close friends uh, with the uh, billionaire Ross Perot. Okay. Alice. Perot had run as the candidate of the Reform Party. Perot uh, and Jesse Ventura, uh, the former wrestler who was then governor of Minnesota, had been elected as a Reform Party candidate uh, and who was friendly with Trump because he had wrestled at WrestleMania uh, in Atlantic <laughs> City. Uh, uh-huh. at the Trump property in Atlantic City. Perot and Jesse Ventura both tried to entice Trump into running as the Reform Party candidate. The truth is we did explore it very extensively. This was in 2000, uh, but he elected uh, at that point. He realized that he would probably just draw enough votes from uh, from George W. Bush uh, to elect Al Gore, which is something he did not want to do. He, he did consider it again briefly in 2012, Instead of running, he endorsed Mitt Romney, which he very, very, very greatly regretted. Uh, and then, Steve, on, uh, I guess it was New Year's Day of 2013, uh, when I always talked to him in the afternoon to wish him a happy new year, he told me what a disaster Romney had been. And he said, next time, I'm definitely going to run. Really? And I said, well, pardon me if I say this, but I've, I've heard this before. He said, no, this time I'm going to do it. In fact, he said, I have already applied to the U.S. Patent Office to trademark the expression, make America, let's make America great again. Uh, and from that moment on, I realized he was quite serious and that he really would run. 
a lot of those in the national media ridiculed him, said he was just burnishing his brand or just trying to generate positive uh, publicity for himself. Uh, but um, I knew that uh, the time was right. And today we're engaged not just in a, a legal war, but more importantly, I think we're engaged in a spiritual war. Yeah, we are. Uh, I was attacked uh, in uh, by Media Matters for America because I said in a speech, I think it was to the pastors for Trump, that I didn't see the divide in America today being between Republicans and Democrats or liberals and conservatives. Uh, but I saw the divide being between the godly and the godless, uh, an epic choice between dark and light, yeah. between evil and good. Yeah. Uh, and I said specifically that if we lose this epic fight, that uh, America will step off into a thousand years of darkness. CNN said, quoting me exactly, there is stone calling for violence. Uh, I, I'd never what? for violence, but I do say that those who oppose us are demonic, that they are satanic. I don't say that to call names. I say it because it's true. Yeah. Well, Roger, that's amazing. Boy, I love to hear you. I love hearing you say that. And I, I feel exactly the same way. It is right, right and versus wrong, dark versus light. You know, it used to be, uh, look, JFK was a Democrat. He was probably more conservative back then than most rhinos are today. I mean, he was, he was set up I don't know about his personal walk uh, with the Lord, but you know, he—I think he was a spiritual Catholic to, to a certain degree. I—I I really don't know anything about that, but he was a uh, his heart was for this nation, you know. Well, he, I mean, look at it objectively. He was an ardent anti-communist. Yeah. Uh, he favored a huge defense buildup. He believed that Eisenhower had not spent enough on defense. Uh, he favored a silverback dollar. Uh, he cut taxes on working Americans. And he had a deep, deep distrust of our intelligence agencies, which probably cost him his life. He would not be goaded into World War III, either in the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, or in the at the Bay of Pigs. Uh, and I think he paid for it uh, with his life. Uh, Richard Nixon, a very popular president, president who carried 49 states, was planning essentially on reforming government and taking power away from the intelligence agencies, specific, specifically the CIA. Uh, recently declassified documents demonstrate that the Central Intelligence Agency was deeply involved in the Watergate break-in, and, and they used it to uh, to enact a silent coup. Is that and, how that how that came down? You know, so absolutely. Was absolutely. it a set, Roger? Was it a setup? Did they set Nixon up, or was he was he... definitely set up? Because uh, I do think that some misguided individuals who worked for Nixon planned to break into the Watergate, which never made any sense because anyone with Nixon's level of experience in national politics would know that there's nothing worth finding at the Democratic National Committee. But here's <laughs> what we know, Steve: of the eight Watergate burglars. Four of them are active CIA operatives still on the CIA payroll. No, is that and, serious? Really? Four of those same four are on the ground in Dealey Plaza in 1963. No, really? Uh, this can all well, be hey, you know, I was going to ask you about that, Roger, if we had time, because you talk, tell people the name of your book about who killed Kennedy. What? Sure. You can go to The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, uh, which you can find on Amazon or you can find uh, at Barnes and Noble, or better yet, you can go to stonezone.com and get a signed copy. Now, folks, you want the paperback version, 
because it has four extra chapters that I wrote after the hard uh, cover uh, edition came out. I also wrote a book called Nixon's Secrets. Uh, you can go to Stone Zone. There it is on the screen. Go to the shop there. You can order any of these books. Uh, I am a bipartisan truth teller. I also wrote a book called The Bush Crime Family. Uh, I also wrote a book called The Clinton's War on Women, uh, in which I outline Bill Clinton's uh, 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 serial sexual assaults on women and Hillary Clinton's role in threatening uh, to silence uh, and bully those women into silence. Uh, and the story of the Bushes in the Bush crime family is an epic story of, of, uh, of uh, uh, crime, uh, financial crimes, drug trafficking, assassination, uh, the arming of the Nazis by Prescott Bush, an epic tale of corruption. All those books available at StoneZone.com. By going there, you get a signed copy, by the way. You know, when um, LBJ, I, I met a guy who had been the chief communications officer on Air Force One from beginning with Lyndon Johnson, as I, if I remember the way he told it, and all the way through uh, Bush, the senior one, senior. I can't think of his name. Van Van Valkenburg, all of a sudden it came to me. He, he would do these public seminars. Uh, he would go show up at Kiwanis and different clubs and tell about all the president's stories because he, he knew their stories on Air Force One, those stories. And he said basically that, that Lyndon Johnson was the, one of the most corrupt presidents we've ever had. And he did, the one story, the, the only story I really remember, because back then I didn't know he had had a hand in the, in the death of Kennedy, but what I remember is when he finally finished his presidency and he got the free ride home on Air Force One to, I think, Austin, if I believe it. He says when, it, when that plane landed, he had whoever worked for him, Secret Service, whoever, they gutted the inside of Air Force One, took all the chairs, all the dishes, all the French, all the air. I mean, that was a, that's a big plane. And just stripped it all for, his, for himself. Yeah, completely believable. He was an epically uh, unbalanced individual. I think he was actually, and members of his staff actually say this in their oral histories, he was a functioning lunatic. He was an alcoholic. He was a pill popper. Uh, really? He was a womanizer. He was a, an incredible liar. Uh, they called him Lying Linden. I believe he killed as many as 14 men before he orchestrated the murder of President John F. Kennedy. No, this is not a conspiracy theory. It's all documented in my book extensively, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Uh, this is a man who, as president, would conduct White House meetings while sitting on the toilet defecating, which he did not because he was crude, but he did it essentially to humiliate the young Ivy League staff he had inherited from JFK because they had, he believed, treated him poorly when he was vice president. So he was extraordinarily crude, corrupt individual. And I think this is important to mention. He and Lady Bird Johnson had millions of dollars in stock holdings in Bell Helicopter and General Dynamics and Sikorsky Helicopter. So he reaped millions and millions of dollars uh, off of his escalation of the war in Vietnam. He was a, a lifelong segregationist who, as the Senate uh, majority leader, killed every major piece of civil rights legislation through the 50s open housing laws, voting rights laws, civil rights acts, uh, and then me, and then told his predecessor, John Kennedy, don't move on civil rights because the old bulls in the Senate who chair the committees will kill your budget. Really, 
moving to reserve that right for himself. As soon as he became president, he drops his uh, segregationist views, his racist views, although he makes some very crude comments and where he says, watch, I'll have those N-word voting Democratic for the next hundred years. Uh, uh, and then he basically uses his support for civil rights as cover on the left to plunge the country deeper and deeper into Vietnam. Anyway, I urge people, if they're interested, my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, uh, is a uh, is a personal profile of him. Oh, man, yeah, I'm going to get that myself. Story. And I got to ask you now, President Trump has said several times that when he comes back, he's going to he's going to uh, declassify all the rest of the JFK documents. If I, I think I'm quoting it accurately. I mean, you would know better than me. Uh, can you detail the type of thing that's still available that that we would see when he does that? Yeah, this is uh, what you say is true. So President Trump uh, back in uh, 19, I think it was 77. The Congress, uh, there was such a hue and cry caused by the uh, the Oliver Stone film, JFK. Many, many Americans believe we hadn't been told the truth about the Kennedy assassination. The Congress ultimately not only forms the House Select Committee uh, to study the assassination, which debunks the Warren Commission, but reaches the rather vague conclusion that there was a conspiracy and that organized crime, among others, was involved in it. Uh, but the 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 Congress sets a timeline for the declassification of all of the JFK assassination records. Uh, and that time deadline came in 2017. So I called the president shortly after his election uh, and I asked him what he was going to do. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, oh, well, nobody's brought to your attention that unless you stop it, these documents will be, will be released. And he said, no, are you certain of this? I said, I'm absolutely positive, sir. It's the 1977 Presidential uh, Records Whoa. Act, Kennedy Assassination Records Act. So uh, he called me back and he said, yeah, if I found out that what you said is right. Uh, I haven't yet decided what to do. I'm inclined to release everything. Uh, but uh, the, the guys in the, uh, in the intelligence agency, specifically Mike Pompeo, tell me that uh, it would expose our sources and methods. I said, well, first of all, your source, this was 60 years ago. Your sources are all dead. There's nobody still involved in the federal government who was involved in the assassination of Kennedy. In fact, many of the witnesses, many, many of the witnesses and the key figures uh, met untimely deaths yeah. immediately after the assassination. I second, And secondarily, I said, Mr. President, when it comes to their methods, if the government was involved in the murder of JFK, I think the citizens need to know that. Uh, in the end, he released about 80% of the material uh, that was scheduled for release. He held back 20%, which disappointed me. We learned a lot in the 80% uh, that he did release. We learned, for example, that Lee Harvey Oswald had been on the FBI payroll, and they had withheld his, his, his 1099. They had withheld all the tax records. Uh, we learned that Lyndon Johnson, early in his career, had been a member of the Ku Klux Klan. This is the civil rights president. Yeah. All of that was classified. But when I asked him what it was that they held back, he said, it's so horrible, I can't tell you. Really? Tell president, you. President. Someday, you, someday, he said, you will know. Now, if I had to speculate, yeah, it's kind of obvious. John F. Kennedy was murdered, as his nephew, Robert F. Kennedy, has asserted, by the United States government. That is what they're hiding. 
Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Can you talk a little bit about uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Um, the, 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 I think we addressed this last time. He, the Democrats don't want him to get to first base, even though he could, left to his own devices, he would carry the nomination, I would think. But what do you think his future contributions are going to be in this country? Because he's got a lot of, a lot of good stuff on him. Well, first of all, I mean, I, I, I like him very much. I only met him once. You can go on Twitter right now. You'll find people saying that I'm advising him or that I urged him to run or I'm running his campaign. None of those things are true. We are casual friends. I've only been in his company once. Uh, but he, he's a Democrat who wants to secure our borders. Uh, he's a Democrat who has real reservations uh, about uh, whether we are careening towards a, a war in Ukraine. Uh, he is worried about massive companies like BlackRock and Vanguard buying up all of the single-family homes in the country. He has an extraordinarily dynamic plan for housing. Uh, He's concerned with the fact that the average price of groceries has gone up 76% under Joe Biden. Uh, If if there was a free, fair, honest, and transparent uh, uh, contest for the Democratic nomination, uh, I think that he would do very well. But Steve, I must tell you, I recently studied a poll of Democratic primary voters in one of the early states. And to my shock, almost 66% of the people in this poll said that they did not believe in God. Uh, Really? Really? Less than a third of the people said they attended church on a regular basis. So I I think this, uh, and of course they described their views as either overwhelmingly liberal or extremely liberal. So the old Democratic Party, the party of John Kennedy, the party that was an anti-communist party, Truman broke the backs of the communists in Greece. He was an ardent anti-communist, as was Kennedy. Uh, the, the, a party uh, that be- believed in free enterprise, a party that believed in capitalism, uh, the party that believed in strong national defense, that Democratic Party literally no longer exists. Uh, And to the extent that Robert Kennedy can find the votes within that party, uh, I remain skeptical. I think he's running a very good alternative media-based campaign. He is subjected to horrific censorship. Uh, Even when they do let him on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, which is rare, uh, they don't let him speak. They, They chop up what he says. They heavily edit it. Mostly they just don't let him speak at all. He's made about as much as you can from alternative media by going on with Tucker Carlson or going on with Joe Rogan or any of these other high profile. Yeah, uh, he I like his position on health freedom. I support it, uh, but I don't think it's the driving issue of his campaign. To answer your question more directly, I think he's going to have a great, great impact. He can have a huge impact even if he's not nominated. And I don't think that the Obamas and those who control the Democratic Party will allow him to be nominated. In fact, I'm quite certain they will not allow him to be nominated. But I do think that many Democrats and many independents are going to rally to his cause. And I think in the end, and I don't think this is his purpose, but I think in the end, those votes will become available to President Donald Trump. And who knows, perhaps uh, after Trump is president, or maybe even before, 
uh, he will pledge to put Robert Kennedy uh, into his cabinet. I would recommend as Attorney General of the United States, uh, oh, John wow. by his father. Yeah. Now, um, what do I want to ask you about? Um, this one I, I'm hesitant to bring up because I don't want to plant into the ozone, you know, that Trump could be assassinated. I don't believe God's going to allow that to happen. But there's all these talks about people being quoted about saying there's someone Trump is going to have to face uh, assassination attempts. Actually, I think he's already faced numerous assassination attempts, uh, but they don't make it public. Um, so my question is kind of two layers. Uh, to what extent are they trying to get at him? And to what extent are they trying to get at him? Because some of them are looking at Gitmo and uh, military tribunals that if, if Trump comes back. What, do, you, do you ever comment on that publicly? Uh, I, I was asked about it uh, by Alex Jones the other day in an interview, and therefore I addressed it. I'll be honest with you, Steve. It's something that my wife and I pray about every yeah. single day. I pray for the safety of President Trump. I also pray for the safety of Robert Kennedy because I think it is outrageous that he is legally qualified for Secret Service protection, but the Biden administration will not extend it. Completely to him. outrageous. His uncle uh, and his father, his uncle was murdered while president. His father was murdered while running for president. They vilify him in the media, which I think has the potential to, to, uh, to uh, have some malcontent, some nut, some lunatic. It might motivate them to try to hurt and kill Robert Kennedy. I can't think of anyone in the country who needs Secret Service protection. He has hit the 15% threshold required yes. by law. The Secretary of, uh, of Homeland Security uh, has the authority to, uh, to give him the service, and they deny it to him, I think, because they believe uh, that it would help uh, 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 legitimize his candidacy. And as long as he has to pay for the very high costs of personal protection out of his campaign funds, it sucks vital resources out of his campaign. It is, it's outrageous. It's egregious. Uh, I, so I pray for him, but uh, look, I, I don't, I think the Lord is protecting Donald Trump. Uh, I, I don't like to talk about it either. Cause I don't, I don't yeah. want to tempt uh, Satan, but yeah. uh, I think Donald Trump is, is he's been blessed in many ways. Uh, he has a torturous path. He has to, run the table here. He has to, he has to, to, uh, to, uh, everything has to break exactly his way. Is it possible? It's entirely possible. Is it going to happen? I believe it is. And I pray for it. I think that's one of the most important things people say to me, you're a political strategist. Yes. You've been through all these presidential campaigns. Yes. So what is your strategy? They're shocked when I say prayer. Is that's so good though. Yeah. They're shocked when I say that. Now, in all honesty, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said that. Right. Five years ago, I wouldn't have said that. Today, I absolutely believe it. Uh, the Lord doesn't always tell you his plan in advance. He He reveals his plan to you as he thinks you need to know it. Yeah. I don't know God's plan. It, little parts of it are revealed to me every single day. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, look, I'm very familiar with the Kim Clement prophecy. I live with it every day where he says the giant will be taken down by a simple stone. Remember that name. Now, let me be clear. I'm not claiming to be a saint. Most definitely not. I'm not claiming to be a prophet. I'm definitely not. I'm not claiming to be anything special. I'm merely a soldier in the army of the Lord. But I do feel that my life was spared for a purpose. 
the, my, I, I was really born for such a time as this. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I will do his will. Uh, and if that means uh, fighting these ridiculous cases out in court, uh, if it means struggling to make ends meet, because to this day, Steve, I'm banned on Instagram. I'm banned for life on Facebook. I'm banned for life on YouTube. I'm banned for life on TikTok. Not that I really care about that. Uh, I'm grateful to Elon Musk that I have my voice back. Yeah. Now known as X. Uh, Telegram is a mystery to me uh, because uh, the more I post, the more the number of people following me there drops. I can't figure that out. It's crazy. And I like true and I like true social. Uh, but I do feel like I'm preaching to the choir. It's a little bit of an echo chamber. I like it too, but it, it's all of us who agree. And, you know, the, a little controversy is is better. Yeah, I got to ask you before I let you go on this, because you mentioned uh, Bobby Kennedy as a candidate. If I understood you right, you said you'd love it if Trump appointed him attorney general. Did I hear that right? Yes, I, I think that he could electrify the country. Uh, if after Bobby Kennedy is kneecapped, as I believe they kneecapped Bernie Sanders, but for different different. They won't give him a debate. They won't let him on the ballot. The media freezes him out and won't give his message any coverage. I think there are going to be very many, a very large number of disaffected Democrats and independents looking for a home. Uh, I have written that the wistfully about the idea of a Trump Kennedy ticket, but candidly, the legal barriers and timelines for such an arrangement are extraordinarily difficult. Would be well. Would you not get the same thing? by electrifying the Republican National Convention, by announcing that if you are elected, because we need a bipartisan solution to this country's problems, that you would appoint Robert Kennedy, uh, an attorney, uh, as Attorney General of the United States, with the first assignment to study the last pandemic and report oh, back. Oh, yeah. There you go. He, that's right up his alley, isn't it? Okay, but I got to ask you this. So the, people like him. I like him. Except, what do you do? How could? Uh, how do you see him um, not behaving, conducting his his attorney generalship? If you know, in the area of life, because Trump is pro life and he's pro choice, how would his attorney general pretty be carried it? Go ahead. It's pretty simple. Policy is set by the president of the United States, not by the attorney general. So, if Robert Kennedy agrees with Trump about the border, agrees with Trump. He's now changed his views on the Second Amendment. He was once pro-gun control. He's changed his views. Oh, yes, I didn't know that. So he is now pro-Second Amendment. I, I have a couple disagreements with him. I disagree with him on climate change. I disagree with him on life, most certainly. But let's let me stress, uh, he would be carrying out the president's policies where they largely agree. He would not be carrying out his own policies. We have a tradition, by the way, of a bipartisan cabinet in this country. John F. Kennedy, Secretary of Treasury. C. Douglas Dillon, a Republican from New Jersey. Really? Secretary of the Treasury. John Connolly, then a Democrat from Texas. Okay. Uh, Barack Obama, Secretary of Transportation. Ray LaHood, a Republican congressman from Chicago. So we have, until Barack Obama, really, uh, a tradition of bipartisanship in our cabinet. The solution to America's problems do not lie in either party. They lie in a broader bipartisan, uh, nonpartisan approach. Uh, I think you can electrify the country and win many votes by pledging to make Robert Kennedy attorney general. Well, you know, you got my... I speak only here for myself. Yeah, I hear you. But you know, you kind of got me interested in that because uh, he's a a righteous man. He's a God-fearing man. 
and his value systems, you know, and I agree with you. I don't agree with him on climate change. I think the whole thing is made up. I just think he hasn't figured that out yet. But if enough scientists are allowed to speak to him, he'll change his mind on that because it's incontrovertible. You know, our plants are live on carbon dioxide. That's what we air, air we breathe. You know, they they thrive on it. You know, they plants make oxygen and they eat CO2, which is everyone, oh, there's too much CO2. Anyway, the air is a whole lot cleaner. When I was a child, we couldn't even breathe in L.A. They cleaned up the air. We keep cleaning it up. What we need to do is clean it up around the earth and, and have an influence in that. But, you know. Well, anyway, Roger, talk, anything else that you would like to hit before we wrap this up? Because you, you, anything uh, in the whole area of the elections coming up or the deep state or people going to Gitmo, what, what would you like to talk about? I think we have pretty much summed it up. Uh, okay. I, asked, I asked people to pray for me yes. uh, and my wife as, uh, as the deep state yet insists that I did something wrong when I did nothing wrong. And this is a uh, you know, the, the censorship, Steve, makes it very difficult to make a living, yeah. to sell my books, to, to get people to watch my yeah, show. Stone Family Fund show. There. It's down there, stonefamilyfund.com. You can help us there, uh, and every cent is appreciated. I do a daily show at stonezone.live at 5 o'clock Eastern, stonezone.live. Uh, I'm now doing a, a great radio show at WABC Radio in New York just on Sunday afternoons from 3 to 5. You can listen to that at wabcradio.com uh, from 3 to 5. So it's it's very exciting. It's a lot of work, uh, but I appreciate the support of all those Christians and all those believers out there who realize that I've changed my life uh, and I was, uh, I was born for this moment. I was born yeah. for the final battle. I really was. Well, we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, and, you know, I haven't met your wife yet, but one day I will. But, uh, uh, Roger, I appreciate, you know, you've uh, you've you've been to the, you and Trump together have been had more warfare and lawfare and every other kind of fear come against you. And you've hung in there. You're still friends with each other. One hasn't sold the other out. You know, you could have sold them out. Uh, if you, you know, if you had made up something, which is what they were trying to get you to do but you have integrity and you know, you're walking with the Lord. So we appreciate that. I appreciate that. And we're going to have you back many more times, especially as we get into the whole next political season, we'll have you give us updates on everything. So, okay. So we're stone family fund and just real quick. That's, is that legal and personal or that's legal you... and personal? So I can okay. use it for my wife's uh, medical expenses. I can also use it for attorneys. Okay. Uh, th there is a, a stone defense fund. But we're very, very restricted. That can only be used for legal expenses. And unfortunately, our expenses are much broader than that. So oh, yeah. the way oh, you yeah. can help us in both realms is by going to stonefamilyfund.com. And God bless you for it. All right. All right, everybody. So uh, we will see you then tomorrow. Kelsey will be with you. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow, you're get, people are watching this. <laughs> I have to get, the, get my brain together. You're watching this on Wednesday. So Thursday, Kelsey will be in for me. She's a, he's great. So we'll see you on Thursday. Have I'm sorry, it'll be Bobby Connor. Yeah, on Thursday, and we'll see you all later. Have a great night, everybody. See you later. Bye bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at elijahstreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live 
every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.